Hello, this is Dr. Ned Hallowell, and welcome to my podcast, Dr. Hallowell's Wonderful World of Different. As the title implies, this podcast is dedicated to celebrating differences, mental differences, emotional differences, the various ways people have of approaching life, solving problems, and having fun. We will interview a wide range of guests from a wide range of backgrounds with a wide range of brains, which is, in fact, the way people actually are. We want to break down the notion of normal and abnormal and instead tap into the talents that everyone has. I believe I've been practicing psychiatry for, well, I'm 71 years old, and I started practice in 1983, so you do the arithmetic. And I I know for sure almost everyone I meet is more talented than they think they are, and they have more aspects of themselves to develop. And the only thing that gets in their way usually is fear or the fact that nobody's told them that they've got a lot of stuff to develop. So I often say I don't, I don't treat disabilities or disorders. I help people identify and unwrap their gifts. And that's the point of this podcast, to celebrate difference, to bring you examples of people who have done just that, who have found ways to bring out a part of themselves that maybe they didn't even know they had. If you want to contact us with ideas for future shows or comments on the show you're about to hear, please email us at different at hallowellcenter.org. That's the word different at hallowellcenter.org. We would love to hear from you. As we're just getting started, we, we will depend upon creating a community. We'll depend upon you to be in touch with us, to connect with us. You'll learn that one of my favorite words is connect. What the world needs now is the human connection more than ever. Today's guest, I am so excited to welcome her to the podcast. I think you'll all agree when you hear her story that she is a remarkable, remarkable young woman. From Loveland, Colorado, She's only 16 years old, but my gosh, she's done something that most people never do in their entire lives. I don't want to give you the punchline. I want to let her tell you the story, but do keep listening because you will be amazed at what she has been able to do at only 16 years old. I really, I don't want to fill in any more blanks. I want to let her do it. Her name is Caitlin Tollefson. That's K-A-I-T-L-Y-N, and then Tollefson, T-O-L-L-E-F-S-O-N. And I just I can't tell you how excited I am to welcome her to the wonderful world of different. Caitlin, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Yes, thank you so much for having me as a guest. Well, it's our pleasure. So let's just jump right in and tell us your story. I mean, there's a whole lot in your life, but... I think you know the headline that I'm referring to, and tell us what you did and what led up to that. Yeah, so my journey with mental health started when I was in kindergarten, when I was first diagnosed with ADHD. I was 
taken, I think, to some psychiatrist at like a children's place. And they, of course, it was in kindergarten, so I have no clear remembrance of it. Sure. But I was diagnosed with ADHD. And since then, I was able to kind of learn like the different strengths and weaknesses that I had in that. And I learned that I really, really enjoyed working on science and math. And so once I got to sixth grade, I was able to join the science fair, which was something that I had been looking up to for years and years and years. Ever since I knew about the science fair, I was looking up to it, which you might be wondering why and how this has an impact, but it'll come in just a little bit. <laughs> Don't worry, we can wait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I got hooked on the science fair. I was checking out science fair books left and right from my library. There's one library card where it's just completely full of my name and it's just science fair projects. And so once I hit sixth grade and I was able to make my project, I of course rushed to the opportunity. So this enthusiasm just spontaneously emerged. You didn't have a parent or a teacher or a friend who was inspiring you. You just felt curious and excited to get into the world of science. Yeah, yeah. No, ever since I, because I've always been really creative. Since I was like really young, I would be taking out all the recyclables from the trash. I'm sure my parents can attest to this. <laughs> I'd be taking out all of the recyclables and I would be building with them and whatever. And so then I found like all the different craft books at the library and whatever. But the ones that interested me the most were the science fair books. And so I asked around trying to figure out how I could be in the science fair at my school. And mm -hmm. they told me that I'd have to wait till I was in sixth grade. So of course, sixth grade came around and I spent quite a few months figuring out what I was going to do for my very first science fair project, something I'd been looking up to for years and years and years. Uh -huh. And my first science fair project was just like a, a project on Legos. And it scored really high. I was able to go to state with my science fair project. Wow. Yes. And I got third place overall in state. Wow. Yes. Wow. What did you do with the Legos? So the Lego project was essentially trying to see if there was such a thing as girl colors and boy colors, uh -huh. which I thought was really interesting at the time. So I like had people build with Legos and was able to see if boys would build with more blue and green traditional boy colors and if girls would build with more pinks and purples girl colors. And it ended up where there was no difference except purple ended up being a little bit more built with by the girls, but overall same pink, same blue, same green on every side. So it was it was really interesting. Wow. So in sixth grade, you were learning the scientific method. You were yes, learning how to yeah. do an experiment. Yeah, that's amazing. Yes. So after I came back from state and I got third place, maybe it was regionals. I think it was regionals, not state. But I got third place in regionals. Yeah. And I came back from that. It was about mid-February. And I came back from that and I was not really disappointed, but I had, I guess, a longing to do something more because my, that science project, it was neat, but it didn't help anybody, which I've always kind of wanted to do things that would really help people and kind of create an impact. Uh huh. So uh -huh. 
seventh grade came around and we were allowed to do the science fair project again. So I brainstormed for several months again. And I was trying to think, what could I do that would combine my love for creativity and science and all of that with something that could actually help people? And so at that time and still now, I have been obsessed with fidget toys. I still am. I have way too many fidget toys. I'm playing with a stress ball right now. So I was trying to figure out how can I tie in fidget toys with my science fair project. Uh And I was also very into looking at how stress impacts people and stuff like that. And I decided that that is what I wanted to kind of delve deeper into. Boy, in seventh, I just want to underline that in seventh grade, you're wondering how stress impacts people. A lot of people don't even know what stress means in seventh grade, but here you are wanting to get into that. So what happened next? Yeah, so I created my project and I started developing something that I call a calm kit, which had several different distraction and relaxation devices inside like a little baggie that I pre-made. And then I gave them out to kids at my school to have them with like a little instruction manual, I guess. So I gave it to them and I told them to use it for a week. And then I would call them with a follow-up survey after their pre-survey of initially getting it to see how that helped them manage stress. If I gave them the tools and the knowledge on how to manage stress in a healthy way, the project mainly centered around the opioid epidemic and how some people will manage stress in unhealthy ways. And so I was looking for a way to help people gain the knowledge where they'd be able to manage their stress in healthier ways that weren't detrimental, that weren't physically detrimental or mentally detrimental. And so I ran the experiment and it was really fun. I love doing it. I mean, I got to make tons and tons of fidget toys. So what's not to love about that? Like what kinds of fidget toys did you make? It was a kit of fidget toys and in it there was a like a lip whistle. I don't know if you've ever seen those before at like carnivals or whatever, but there was a little lip whistle in it for deep breathing. There was a lavender, or I think it was a vanilla-scented eye pillow, Uh which was made out of a satiny material that they were able to put over their eyes for kind of like meditation and relaxation. There were these things that I like to call flick-up beads, Uh which was a piece of like paracord and some pony beads, and you could like move them up and down, and I think there were like about 10 of them on there. That's so cool. So you, you handed out these packets that had these stress reduction devices. And, and what kind of response did you get? Yeah, so the response was amazing. We had, I think there was no, as far as I could see with the pre and post quizzes, there was no negative. Everyone had a really good experience using the stress reduction kits. I think there was some people who like, his parents stole the fidget toys <laughs> and took them to work with them and it helped them as well. And <sighs> overall, it was a really, really good response. It was amazing. Did that become a science fair project as well? 
Yeah, yeah. So that was my seventh grade science fair project. So I was trying to figure out whether it would help with stress management in children. I gave the kit out to people at my school, the kids at my school, and had them use it for about a week. And then they could keep it afterwards. But I had them use it for a week and then take a whenever they felt stressed, and they could take a post-survey at the end, a pre-survey before they got the kit, and then a post-survey after a week. And the responses were amazing. Everyone really, really loved the kit and was able to get a lot of help from it. Caitlin, you ought to market these to uh, pediatricians <laughs> and child psychiatrists. Yes, definitely. It's <laughs> such a brilliant idea. So that's only seventh grade. So then what happened as you got closer to the Colorado legislature? Yeah, so it actually continued through eighth grade. I did a pretty similar science fair project since after that. I discovered that it was a really, really impactful thing. So I kept continuing it through eighth grade with just like slight alterations, making it a follow-up project on pain management in adults, except they were able to make the stress reduction kits themselves so they could kind of take it and use it to help more people. I see you expanded into pain management. Yes, yeah. Certainly pain is a major stressor, and if you can do something to reduce that with this kit, and this is all just your intuition, learning how to do this, right? It is, yeah. How are you dealing with your ADHD? Just uh, did you do anything? Yeah, I was on meds. I've been on meds since kindergarten, but I was able to use my fidget toys. I've loved my fidget toys for ages. Um, <laughs> That's so great. Now, may yes. I ask which medication did you take? Yeah, I'm on Concerta. Great. For people who don't know, that's methylphenidate, and it's a long, a long-acting form of methylphenidate, which is one of the main stimulant medications we use. So, so there you are. You're moving like crazy, and, and you're heading into high school. And what happens then? Yeah. So once I got into high school, I well, with the Calm Kits originally in eighth grade, I was in probably like my summer headed into high school. And I was getting more and more into activism. I knew I probably wouldn't have time to do another science fair project with just with getting into high school with all of the rigorous classes. So I was trying to figure out, I love this Calm Kit idea, and I want to see where I can take it. So I took it, and I applied for a grant through Peace First, which gives mini grants to, I think, to mainly young adults who are working on different projects to help better society. The grants they give out are $250 grants. So I applied for that to see if I could use that grant to create more kits to use, kind of like expand upon it. And not really for a science fair project, but just to get it out to more people. Uh-huh. So after applying for that in the summer, I think, of eighth grade heading to ninth grade, I applied for it and I got the grant, which was amazing. And so I used those kits and I actually took them to my future high school. And since I knew that the high school that I'm at really, really struggles with suicides So for every school in my district, 
it struggles with a different thing. What was the name of your high school? Berthet High. Uh-huh. They'd had suicides there? Yes. Yeah. It's well known throughout. I don't think it's official, but it's known throughout like the kids in the school and each of the schools in the district that each school is like known for a certain thing. One is known for drug use. One is known for heavy crime. Another for teen pregnancies. Wow. Yours was known for suicide. Ours was known for suicide, yes. Yeah, throughout the years, we've had many suicides committed by the different students and even a suicide that was committed inside of the building. This was before my time at Berthoud. Now, you said you, you, were, you were getting into activism. What did you mean by that? I was. Going into high school, I was starting to focus on how it could help more people. It wasn't necessarily as heavy of activism as I'm in right now, but it was starting to see that there were injustices in society that weren't being addressed. And one of these were that people aren't given the resources to manage their stress in healthy ways, aren't given the resources to manage their pain in healthy ways. And this kind of, I guess, opened my eyes. I guess I didn't really notice how many problems there were in society that weren't being addressed. And I guess that kind of just hit me full force when I started getting into high school. And so I used the $250 grant and I partnered with an organization at my school called Sources of Strength. They're, I think, a national organization that works on finding the strengths that you have in your own life, such as mental health, physical health, family support, mentors, things like that, as well as destigmatizing mental health and getting a reach out there to help with the different struggles. So you joined this organization, and what did you do? Before I even was at the school in the summer going into ninth grade, that may have been eighth, the summer of eighth grade, I think, where I was able to give the kits to that organization at my school. And I was able to help get the Calm Kits distributed through Birth at High, which was amazing to see. Caitlin, I, I'm I'm going to have to hurry us on a little bit because I know there's a punchline we're getting to. Yes. When yeah. did the idea come to you to approach the legislature? Throughout the years, I was kind of like experimenting around with joining different organizations to see what fit the best for me. So I joined like several email lists, whatever, and I eventually came across this one organization called Young Invincibles which is an organization that I am part of to this date. Its main focus is 18 to 34-year-olds, but the board that I joined on was the Rocky Mountain Youth Advisory Board, which was accepting people from 16 years old to 34 years old, if I'm getting the numbers right. And they help to work for higher education help in the workforce. And the part that I mostly focused on is help with policy change in healthcare and mental health care, especially. The mental health care aspect is where I'm focused on predominantly. 
with all the activism. So tell us what you did. Yes, yeah. After joining it, we were able to select our capstone projects, which were like just different projects that we were able to work on to create the change in Colorado society. And so the capstone project that I picked was working on testifying for House Bill 211068, which is a mental health care bill to make insurance pay for one annual mental health and wellness checkup separate from a physical health care checkup. And I spent probably a month or two working on writing what I wanted to say for the testimony. I'm sorry, but who, who, who wrote the bill? I don't have that name for you, but I could. Some congressman wrote the bill? I think so. Okay, so there was a bill in process, and you you went to testify? Yes, yeah. Okay, tell us about that experience. After having the bill, we were able to go testify first at the House, the Colorado House. You said we. Who, 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 was, who was we? Yeah, so there were several other people who came along from Young Invincibles. So we were trying to get as many people to testify for this bill as possible. But you stood up there. You don't be modest. You stood up there by yourself. Yes. And addressed the House and then the Senate, right? Yeah, yes. It was virtual, so it wasn't. <laughs> you're, you're way too modest, Caitlin. You're way, way too <laughs> modest. So... I just want people to appreciate the boldness of a 16-year-old young woman marching into the Colorado state legislature and testifying by herself for a bill that the state had demonstrated no interest in, and, and if, if not hostility toward, Colorado was noted for being very way behind in terms of support for mental health. Yes, yeah. So Colorado is known to be really, really low in their care for mental health, which is one of the things that I mainly focused on in my testimony, that along with the struggle that my high school has had with mental health in the past. And the struggles, again, you're, you're using euphemisms. You mean suicides. So you, you said to the legislature, look, ladies and gentlemen, do you want to continue to sanction suicides or do you want to do something about it? Yes. Yeah. The bill was previously turned down as it hit the governor's desk last year, I think because of funding for COVID. So we weren't able to get it passed last year. So we came back this year and tried again and it passed through the house and the day before I was actually supposed to testify, it was they emailed me saying, hey, we'd like you to testify at the Senate as well. So I had one day to prepare for that, which was exciting since that was also the day before my AP test. That was an exciting day. Wait a minute, you had your AP test in what? What AP test? I think it was my AP human geography test that I was trying to figure out scheduling for. <laughs> so you had the AP exam and go testify to the Senate? Yes, yeah. Just separated wow. by a single wow. day, which was exciting. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> yeah. What was that like? Describe how you felt. 
Oh, it was, it was really interesting. Everything with COVID, it was all online, which was already different. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And it was also during the school day. So I was excused from several classes and with my headset on, on the computer, just kind of like running through the halls, trying to get home to testify before they called my name, which was, yeah, it was crazy, but it was really interesting to see how the legislative process works, especially in the Senate. I was, I think, the youngest person testifying there and the last person, I think, testifying. What do you think? I'm <laughs> sure you were. What do you mean you think you were? I bet there was no one close <laughs> to how young you were. Yes, and that testifying in the House, there was like one or two other 16-year-olds who testified and then in the Senate, I was the youngest by, I think, four or five years. Wow. Yeah. So it was really cool to be a part of the legislative process and to see how it all works. The two were very different. What was the final vote? The final vote was actually extremely, extremely exciting. It was a bipartisan, so unanimous in both the House and the Senate. Yes votes all Unanimous. across the vote. Yes. Wow. It passed with no one saying no to it at all. Wow. In an age of division, you, you had unanimity, bipartisan. Yes. Yeah. So it was really, really exciting. And it is now a, I don't know if law is the right word, but it's now pure in Colorado. A Colorado insurance will have to pay for one annual mental health and wellness checkup separate from a physical health checkup, which is amazing. So you, you can get your foot in the door. What an incredible accomplishment. Yes. Yeah. That is just unbelievable, Caitlin. Yes. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how do you feel about it? Yeah, it feels amazing. It's really cool to be able to know that my voice has an impact. Being 16 years old, that my voice can help change a state overall. Like now there's going to be many people who are able to get mental health care who weren't before. This could go as far as to prevent suicides. Oh, it will. It will for sure. Yeah. 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 Saying that like me as a 16 year old, me as a junior in high school can help change state laws is it's amazing it's amazing that i being so young can actually have an impact it's spectacular and do you would you say that your adhd was uh what helped you do it i mean the qualities of adhd that work in your favor would you say that was an asset to you definitely yeah i think having adhd is probably what sparked that in the first place i don't think i would have had the love for creating fidget toys when I was young. Right. That would have started me on this entire journey if I didn't have ADHD. So it's... Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's so, so impressive. I think every listener is just smiling now at, at what a remarkable young woman you are. What What are your plans moving forward? So what you're in now, what grade? 10th grade? I am in 11th grade. Yes. 11th grade. Okay. <laughs> Junior. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And do you have idea where you want to go to college? I do. I'm currently looking at going to CU Boulder, uh -huh. as long as they accept me. 
<laughs> I'm sure they will. Yeah. Yes, but they have an amazing psych program, which is the route that I'm actually wanting to pursue is psychology. I'm actually wanting to become a psychiatrist so I can have more of this lasting change in the mental health care field. Oh, Caitlin, welcome. So you <laughs> want to go to medical school? I do, yes. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, my gosh. I'm smiling broadly. I, I just, I'm just thrilled at what you've done and what you're going to do. My gosh. Yes. You are a real pioneer. I mean, like so many people with ADHD and you, it's so impressive that you just took the challenge, accepted it and grew from science fair to the Colorado state legislature. And who knows what you're going to do when you become a psychiatrist or you might change your mind. You you might become an astronaut. Who knows? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to add for our listeners? I guess just know that no matter how young, no matter where you come from, that your voice does matter. Just finding the right organization like Young Invincibles, I know is an amazing organization, but you're able to have your voice heard. You have more impact than you think, I guess. Like when I was younger, it's like, oh, I I kind of had even like the voter mentality of, oh, nothing that I say will ever count. Why pursue this? I mean, my vote, my voice won't have an impact in the end. But then once I got older, I was like, wait, my voice actually does have an impact. You just need to have a way of looking at it like, I guess just shoot for the stars and you'll never know what you'll accomplish. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it's a cliche, but it's you proved it to be true. Yes. You lived it and it happened. And if somebody wants to learn more, is there a website for the Young Invincibles? There is. I think if you just type in Young Invincibles into your search engine, it'll come up as the first search result. But I can give you the website later. <laughs> No, that's all right. They can just Google Young Invincibles. And um, boy, Caitlin Tollefson, what a remarkable young woman you are. And what a tremendous, tremendous pleasure to have you on The Wonderful World of Different. Yes, thank you so much. You're such an inspiration. You, you truly are. I, I can't thank you enough. So that's it for our show today from The Wonderful World of Different. Caitlin Tollefson's amazing story at the tender age of 16, changing the world already. It's just terrific in a, in a time when people can be so negative to see uh, proof positive of the dramatic effect of a young one young woman pursuing her dream, but in a very concrete and practical way. It's just terrific. Please email us at different at hallowellcenter.org. That's the word different at hallowellcenter.org. If you have comments for Caitlin, I'll forward them to her. And if you have ideas for future shows, please let us know. Thank you so, so much, Caitlin. Yes, thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed this. Okay, take care. We'll stay in touch. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>